Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network, where we currently have 29 shows each week. And stay tuned. Our newsletter is coming out today at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So please do check your spam folder for Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com. Our show today is the art of creating mental health wealth. We're going to be looking at a very interesting topic, which is mentoring others when you're dealing with your own grief. Very powerful topic. Joining me today is the star of our show, Janetta Barrett and the epiphany process. Janetta is literally waist deep, I would think, in the planning for World Jenny's Day, which is happening right here on this platform on October the 10th, which is a, a Monday. We're super excited to be live streaming for 17 hours. Let's bring out Janetta, and then we'll bring out our guest for today, Doug Lawrence. Hi, Janetta. Hello, Dr. Jack, and hello, viewers and listeners. Great to be back. So nice to see you. And uh, I know that you are so busy in the throes of putting together this major worldwide event. How are things going? Yeah, they're coming along nicely. I'm really inspired with uh, who we have joining us on that platform. We've got uh, everyday uh, performers who have incredible talent. And we've got some uh, performers who are pretty well known as well and some co-hosts i mean we have you dr you dr jacqueline i'll get it right this side you dr jacqueline we've got uh, we've got helena jard we've got uh ian pellen turner uh so we've got some amazing co-hosts and and performers and uh, you know when you get that tingle and butterfly in your in your stomach I'm getting that about the 10th of October. Well, that's fantastic. I'm honored to be able to produce the show and also to co-host. So thank you for having me. Well, thank you for having World Jenny's Day. What a wonderful collaboration it's turning out to be. Uh, This platform has a a very specific and precious energy to it. And for the first time in in the, the three years, that World Jenny's Day has been running, it feels like there's a flow and, and an ease and, and a sense of love that's been added to the day by being on this platform. So it's a great honor and pleasure to, to have it hosted here. Thank you. Oh, thank you. It's lovely to hear. And as you know, I had a meeting this week with another television station and we are going to be collaborating in a new way actually in studio and virtually so that is exciting i've got a call today with another television station so things are really building and it's wonderful that we have this opportunity to spotlight people and 
have them share their story to help others. And of course, our guest today, Doug Lawrence, has an incredible story as well. Before we bring him out, Janetta, for people who are joining us for the first time, whether they're listening or they're watching live or on the replay, tell us what is the epiphany process and how did you come to develop it as well as World Jenny's Day? Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. The epiphany process is a process that uh, I actually studied and researched uh, about 14, 15 years ago uh, after I lost my 16-year-old daughter, Jenny, to suicide after she and I had an argument. And it was devastating. I went to ground zero. I planned my suicide three times, even though I was considered to be the strongest person in the world, which is actually a very dangerous label to, to have. Um, and so people were saying, well, thank goodness. It, it, I mean, if it's going to happen to anybody, thank goodness it's Janetta because she's so resilient and strong and she gets through amazing stuff. And, and that actually can isolate you even more. And it, and it kind of did. And after researching and studying and walking the walk and talking the talk with this process, which is pretty accurate because I found that so much had helped me, but there was always a missing in other modalities and in, in, in conventional therapy. And this really was the missing where my unconscious consciousness was able to catch up with my conscious consciousness and have a conversation, the, the two with each other and identify with each other. And then and then my grieving process started to, to balance out uh, and I was able to manage it. Um, it's a lifetime management. It's never going away, but I manage it from an open-hearted a uh, place of open-hearted appreciation. So that's the epiphany process. It, it's it's just grown over the years. I've helped terrorist attack victims. I've helped uh, teenagers who can't get out of bed, self-harming, writing suicide notes, and not washing. They're all they're all in their life purpose now. Um, I've helped many people in all walks of life with all types of challenges, and it's been such an honor to be able to do that. But what we realized was that several years after Jenny died, she actually died on World Mental Health Day, the 10th of October. And we realized that that was a very significant correlation. And we now have World Jenny's Day, where we use theater and the art to and performing arts as well uh, all types of performing arts uh, to normalize and soften conversations around depression suicide and even the solutions and when it's done through that those medium that that medium um it's amazing how people change their attitude to themselves and to others and to circumstances and even their expression changes so that is World Jenny's Day. And Dr. Jacqueline, I have to tell you, I realized something on Saturday. Uh, still blows me how Jenny and all her synergies still keep on rolling out more synergies. Uh, Jenny died two weeks after her 16th birthday and she was born on 25th of September. We've touched before on how her birth date and birth year and death date and death year all add up to sevens and nines when nobody else I know has that happen to them. 
And on Saturday, Sunday, uh, I was busy writing a, uh, a post saying, you know, it would have been your 33rd birthday today on the 25th and just for you. And, and then all these, these uh, posts started coming up saying it's, it's National Daughter Day. So Jenny was born on National Daughter Day and died on World Mental Health Day. And it's with that energy in, in, in Jenny having left the planet that so much has been achieved and many hearts have opened and been able to move forward when they thought they really couldn't. So that's where we sit with World Jenny's Day. And that's why having uh, Doug Lawrence with us today is, is a very special addition to this program. And I'm so, so pleased that Doug put himself forward, having already appeared on, uh, let's say, global TV and radio uh, with Dr. Jacqueline. It's just such an honor to have him back because this man has really done some amazing things on a subject that obviously uh, melds in very, very closely to the work I do. And, uh, you know, he's the founder of Talent C, the, uh, the co-founder of International Mentoring Community, and he has over 40 years of leadership and mentoring experience. And, you know, you can see when you speak to him and you see him and you, you look at his his website that he it's really he's in his calling and he's truly inspired in helping others to step into where their genius and their wisdom is and what a man you can see he has helped many many people today he's connecting that ability to, to help others and sharing with us his very own uh, grief journey that he has more recently had to step into. And so I would like to introduce you very specially to Doug Lawrence. Doug, welcome today. Hi, Doug. Welcome to the show. Good morning here and thank you. Yes, thank you very much. And thank you for those kind, kind words. Very, very touching. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. We're, we're happy to have you back. And I just appreciate you sharing your story. I know it, it must be difficult to revisit it again and again, but I know how dedicated you are to helping others. And if you could just start off sharing with our audience your work as an international certified mentor, what exactly do you do in that capacity? So, as an international certified mentor, um, I work in a number of different aspects of the mentoring world. So I work with young entrepreneurs to help them uh, establish a business presence and, and work their way through that. So I, I work with people. I've, I think I have three people that I work with in the Caribbean. Um, I work with the uh, American Corporate Partners in the United States, which is helping uh, military personnel transition from military service to civilian life. So I work with them there. And then I, I do stuff in uh, Canada and some in the U.S. as well around leadership mentoring. So helping young leaders in an organization to to be able to, to get the wisdom and knowledge that they need and, and give them sort of guidance on how they can navigate through different uh, challenges that they're going to be experiencing. And in addition to that, I also, um, I also provide services like I work with a, a, 
a Catholic school where I'm mentoring the leadership team. I also provide a service I call uh, mentoring versus termination. So if you're thinking of terminating an employee, let me spend five one-hour sessions with them. And I pretty much 99% of the time can help initiate a behavioral change that will get that person back on the right track and, and for them to become a, um, back to being a, a, you know, a contributing partner in the organization. And then more recently, probably I would say the last year and a half, give or take six months, I have done some research and I've, and I've, basically surfaced or identified a spot that I feel is a gap and that's in the mental health support structure support world. And what I have been able to determine is that it's a great place for us to plug mentoring in as part of the support structure for, for mental health. And so I've been diligently moving forward, um, dealing with getting that going and try and trying to get others to buy into that philosophy or that concept as well. And um, I even wrote a book um, on the aspect of mentoring and mental health and, and use that as sort of my bridge into an organization or into a group where I feel that there are things we can do to help contribute uh, towards that. And, and the book is a good bridge or a good channel for us to use to leverage that. So I've, I've got definitely got some of that going. And on top of all that, of course, I have my own um, grief that I'm dealing with. I lost my wife to cancer in uh, 2021. And I'm still dealing with that even to this very day. And, and I, to be truthfully honest, I'm not sure that I'll I'll ever get past that. I think that um, the uh, the feelings and that are too too strong to be able to just kind of throw them out the window and 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 not listen and hear to to what they have to say. I I'm part of a uh, a bereavement group and and I was truly blessed here this week to be asked by the uh, the head of that whole. Uh, bereavement program, if I would be so kind as to work with her to co-facilitate one of the, the bereavement uh, groups. And I was, I'm supposed to be doing that uh, this evening. It's an evening session. So I'm supposed to be working with her this evening to help facilitate that. And so once again, I'm truly, you know, truly blessed, truly honored to be able to be a part of helping others to deal with their grief while at the same time dealing with my own, you know, and it's kind of, it's almost, it's like it's therapeutic. So when I wrote the book and I'm working on another one and I find all of that stuff to be extremely therapeutic, being able to share my story with you folks today is very therapeutic as well. And so that's a, but just a little bit, I guess, of, of what I've been working on the last little while. Thank you so much, Doug. And again, I really appreciate your courageousness and your vulnerability being here today. Uh, Janetta, you work with um, with people who are 
dealing with loss and with grief. And I know that prior to this, you and Doug had a, a conversation. Doug just mentioned that, you know, the feelings that he has, he's not sure if, they're, if he'll ever be able to move past or have them, you know, leave his being. What are your thoughts and experiences based on your work that you do, Janetta? Well, firstly, I so identify with what Doug's saying, it, and especially those early stages. It, it is beyond overwhelming. And there were times where I wondered how I'd ever get past it. So my heart goes out to you, Doug, because you're at the early stages of your grief. It, it's still early days. And the fact that, as Dr. Jacklin was saying, is that you, you, you're here talking about it internationally online is amazing because you can have such you can make such a difference to so many people out there as they go oh well I identify with that too what I have observed in my journey and working with other people is that a lot of our grief is attached to the shoulda coulda woulda ought to and the regrets mm -hmm. and what I I uh, have been able to do with a lot of people is help them to bring those regrets into a place of open-hearted manageability. And when that happens, when you're not too charged in the way of I should have and if only and what if and all those, those questions that go on in inside you, especially at three o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. um, when you can take those questions and bring them into um, into balance so that they're not controlling you and overwhelming you and uh, you understand what that really is and, and are able to a bigger picture than just those questions. Amazing things happen in your grieving process. Plus the fact that people that... You know, it's three months now since, yeah, well, now you should be doing this or like that. Or, you know, there's kind of like this book that they have written. And I think you touched on it in saying that you'll never get over it. It's a lifetime process. But how you handle it with time and how you bring it in and, and manage it being able to see what's working in that loss because that's what sticks us in our grief is those coulda woulda shoulda ought to have to's and uh going well you know I i'm stuck here and often this is a another part of complicated grief i've noticed with me and with other people is that if you move on in your, your place of managing your grief does that mean you didn't have that loved loved one enough so especially parents so i can't go in saying i'm moving forward with an open heart and i understand where the gift is in this they're going what sort of parent am i but it really does make a difference and and i can see in here am i right in saying doug that this is the process you're finding yourself working through with your group. What have you been able to move and shift even in this short time? You know, the I guess one of the biggest and probably for me, one of the most important things, and I know some of the other folks that are part of the, the bereavement uh, group, is, is the aspect of 
there are other people who are experiencing similar things. We all deal obviously with our grief in our own special way, but it's just the fact that I'm, I'm aware that somebody else is, is going through a, a tough time that they're, you know, grieving the loss of a loved one, a, a family member. It can be, the list goes on from there, but it's just the reassurance that that's there because for me, it's part, it's all about, I, I can manage my grief or my grief can manage me and I need to make that decision and I need to put things into place that are going to, if I decide I'm going to manage my grief, I need to have things put into place or I need to put them in place so that I'm able to, to actually do that, to actually manage my grief. And I find I have good days and, and I have bad days where some days I'm, I'm more capable or my coping mechanisms are more capable to allow me to actually manage the grief. And then there are days where I'm, I'm, I, I'm just a total write-off. I'm, I'm very emotional and, and, and it's a, it's a tough challenge. It's a tough road to, to have to, 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 to go, go down. But I, I do, if there's any one thing I could always suggest or that I would always suggest to people is that any chance you get to be part of a, a group of individuals who are experiencing grief and, and loss, you, sh- you should, there's no shoulds in life. It's advisable that you, you get involved with that because I know for me and for some of my colleagues who, who are actually part of this bereavement process that, that that's made a huge difference. It's, it's made what was actually super tough times it's made it better. It hasn't made it great, but it's definitely made it better. And the the work that the individual that she that she does to help all of us be able to kind of understand the grief and and all of that and help us move forward. You know that there's not enough of those individuals in the world today to be able to help us deal with this and. That's why having this conversation with you folks today is so important because it lets people know that, you know, you are not alone. That's probably the best way for me to put it is you are not alone. Doug, I love that. A, that you're not alone, but what you expressed there is so very valuable and important because a lot of people get very stuck in the five stages of grief. And although it was very helpful of Elizabeth Kubler-Ross to put them together, it's 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 tended to, to trip up people because suddenly they're finding they're at four and they haven't even done stage one, so are they failing? And that was one of the things I battled with early, early on in my grieving was going, I'm not going according to how I'm, everybody else everybody else is doing. And, and you hit it so beautifully just then when you were talking about how everything comes in waves because grieving happens in cycles, not in linear stages number one, two, three, four, five. Uh, so what happens on one day is appropriate for that day and what happens on another is appropriate for that as 
I call it allowing and wallowing and allowing those feelings to come out in waves and then finding the tools when you know you've gone into that click over of wallowing. And, and I can hear very clearly that that's what you're, you're learning to manage rather than trying to read something according to, to a rule book. And that's mm. so honorable because, again, you, you're a wonderful mentor for coming through the same, having lost a wife or a husband. It, it's so honorable. And you, you've hit it without even realizing it that that's what you're allowing. And, you know, kudos to you. Dr. Jacqueline, what do you feel in, 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 I mean, I know you've had uh, your dad who was very close to you. What did you find helped you in in, in your side of dealing with your grief? Uh, thanks for asking. Yeah, he passed away about 10 years ago, and I was very involved in keeping him safe and listening to him. So when he passed away, I didn't have any of those. I should have, I could have, I would have, because I felt like I did everything I could as a daughter. And I know other family members felt differently. And there was kind of some friction because, you know, why was I handling it so well? Um, but one thing I, I wanted to also put out there, because this definitely happens, is when you're going through the process and you have your circle of friends, the people that you see on a regular basis, and kind of at some point it gets to be like, oh, here she comes again. She's going to talk about that again. I don't want to hear that. And people kind of start to avoid you. And I'm wondering, Doug, have you experienced any of this? Oh, big time. Even family members. Yeah, it, it, it you know, and a large part of it, I think, is the aspect that we don't know what to say or how to say something, especially when you're dealing with somebody who's just lost, you know, uh, a significant other, a family member, anyone. And it just, it, it becomes a challenge to try and figure out what can I say that, you know, I want to make a difference in this person's life and help them with their grief and that, and, but I don't know what to say. And so typically now what I've started to tell people is tell me that, tell me you don't know what to say. And if you want to have a conversation, I'll guide you. I will, you know, here's the mentor coming out again, but I'll guide you on a path where we can actually have a meaningful conversation and you don't have to worry about, gee, I don't know what I'm, what I'm supposed to say or how I'm supposed to act or any of that. And you're absolutely right, Dr. J, is that what I've also found is that sometimes there's a lot of uh, avoidance that takes place where people that could participate in, in your healing journey choose to go in a different direction because they're, they're just not sure. They don't know, gee, if I say the wrong thing, you know, is Doug going to break down and, and cry in front of all these people? And I don't want to be the person that starts that and, and, and all kind of, all kind of things like that. But you're absolutely right is that there is a, an avoidance that takes place when people do not know what to say or how to act or what to do when they encounter somebody who is going through the, the grieving process. Thanks for sharing that, Doug. I appreciate it. 
I've also wondered, and maybe Jeanette, you can weigh in on this. I've also wondered if people act or react the way they do because they're starting to evaluate their own relationships, people in their own lives, and maybe they're not showing up the way that they could be showing up, or maybe they're experiencing just questioning the relationships they have and how are they showing up for people in their lives or maybe they're looking at the relationship with you and they're saying i really haven't been a good friend and now it's probably too late because i should have been there for him before his wife passed away or i shouldn't have made that comment when we were together at xyz function janetta what are your thoughts yeah these are very meaningful happenings where people uh become wordless because they're they're also running those shoulda coulda would ought to have would have conversation uh in trying to deal with the person they care but what i've also noticed is that when people don't know what to say so often they try and fix it i call it the 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 band-aid cliches so instead of having the tools to say, I'm here to sit and listen, or just sit, if you don't want to say anything, I'm here, I'm just present for you and with you, you tell me what you want me to do, because they haven't got those skills, although that vocabulary, because it's, it's not it's not something that we're taught to do. Uh, they try and fix the situation by saying, well, at least, she didn't suffer at the end. Well, how do you know whether she did? Or, you know, uh, God needed another angel in heaven. Really? Is that so? Um, you know, at least there are plenty of other fish in the sea. And I'm sure she will want you to move on. Really? you sure about that? And what happens is when people come out with those statements, it's mostly because they're so darn uncomfortable, they don't know what to say, so they try and fix the situation and make it all right, and then that makes them feel better. And, of course, it leaves the person mourning, feeling like they're not being heard or listened or understood. So it's really about starting new conversations where people can be helped to all skills really helped to help those who are mourning and bereaved thanks janetta uh, i have another question actually for both of you we're talking a lot about listening listening fully being present not making judgments not interrupting not providing solutions on the other side of it is it acceptable for the other person to say doug i'm here for you um, I want to hear what you have to say. Can we chat about this or can I listen for about an hour and then talk about something else? Is that appropriate? I think from my perspective, because um, you've actually, in some way, shape or form, you've actually defined the expectations of a conversation that you're about to have or would like to have. I think the 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 you've some keywords that you, you had mentioned one was listening and one was hearing and and that's sometimes that's all that's needed is just to be able to sit there and listen and hear and let the person talk and i know i'm i don't get that opportunity because a lot of people just they would they prefer not to have a conversation um you know sometimes all i'm when i th 
think think back over all the time. Sometimes all I want is somebody to just say, "How are you doing?" and and say nothing else. And if I feel, you know, if and then sort of listen what my response my response is going to dictate as to whether we're going to have a continuing conversation or whether I'm not in the frame of mood to have a conversation because it, it, it's it's just that I don't want to talk anymore about anything that is, you know, grief or related. I, let's talk about something that maybe isn't grief related if if that's even possible. So the for me, the two words that jumped out were listen and hear out of what you had actually said. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate that. I'm also wondering as a follow-up if someone in your circle, for example, or when it happened to me when I lost my dad, if people are thinking, hey, I'd love to to give a call over to Doug and let him know that this just happened because we're friends, but how could I call and tell him something good just happened to me when he's grieving? And then I think that puts up some kind of distance as well. Janetta, have you seen people do this or heard about this? Yeah, I have. Uh, and a lot of people end up not contacting that person. But again, it, it as Doug was saying, it's about it's about staying in a place of neutrality, picking up that phone. How are you? As Doug said, how are you feeling? And then you can gauge. Is this the appropriate time to tell about something good that's happening? Or is it the appropriate time to just say, I'm here, I'm listening? And then and then you know whether you should say it or not. And and often in just being heard and listened to, the grieving person's that much more open to hearing a little bit, maybe a little bit about what you have to say but it, it really is a judgment thing a, a, an intuitive thing as well where you go mm, yeah no it doesn't feel appropriate i'm just going to keep it now and and just keeping in contact i mentioned to you um a few weeks ago dr jacqueline where i'd lost a, 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 a or i'm losing a friend to cancer and she'd lost a son who jenny's class 18 months ago and I'm finding that the only thing she can deal with right now is a text saying, I love you. That's it. Mm. And I'm honoring that. So you've got to be intuitive. Would you Would you agree, Doug? The intuitive I, side? Yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely got to be intuitive. You need to, because I, I have, I've had situations where that all, all I've simply wanted was somebody to, to listen and hear. And, you know, if... If you ask me, you know, what can I do to help or, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you a call in a couple of weeks and we'll go for a coffee and we'll see, you know, we'll see how you're, how things are going for you. And, and that call never comes. And so then you kind of wonder, am I not worthy of that? What, what's the, the purpose, you know, the reason is, is because I've lost a loved one, I'm sort of sort of not the person you want to be around or, or what, you know, what is it, but it, it's, uh, you know, it's so, it's so simple. And I guess because we're kind of mired in, in the grief ourselves and trying to sort of deal with managing it versus it managing us. But for me, the, the most important thing is that if you, say that you're going to do something, then please follow through with it. I had and a perfect example is we did a celebration of, of life 
uh, for Deborah when she passed. And I had people come up to me after we were done the, the formal part of the, the celebration and, and, you know, said, gee, you know, I, I'd love to be able to give you a call and uh, we'll go for lunch. And I've never had that call and we've ne never gone for lunch. And it, you know, you sort of take the step back and you kind of go, okay, I, I sort of understand maybe why. And part of it is because it's, it makes them uncomfortable and they're not quite sure how they, you know, how they would navigate a conversation when, you know, hanging over top of, of everything is the fact that my wife passed away, died from cancer. And, and how do I have that conversation? They're, th they're thinking in their mind, how do I have that conversation without going down that path? And perhaps like I had said earlier, you know, creating the, the, the place for, for Doug to become more emotional and, and maybe even breaking down and crying in a restaurant and, and how embarrassing that would be. Oh my goodness, we can't have that. So I think, you know, there's a, there's a number of different things here, but it keeps, for me, it keeps always keeps coming back to uh, if you're, if you're going to reach out, follow through and sometimes just be aware that it could be just to listen and hear. Yeah. Thank Absolutely. you, Doug. And I'm just, I'm going to kind of put you on the spot with a question just for people who are out there watching. So if you don't want to answer, you don't have to, but if someone were to call you and, um, and say, Doug, I'd really like to get together with you and I want to hear how you're doing. Would it be okay if we talked about for a little while and then we talked about some other things that I'm doing? Would, would that be okay with you if someone just put it out there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. there you are, world. You've heard it. That Doug wants to, he wants to share and he wants to hear what you have to share. And I, I found through my journey like that people will also say something like this. Listen, I know you're really going through something right now. I can't imagine what it feels like. I, I've got something great that happened to me, but I'm sure it's not going to work out. You know how these things are. Like, in other words, to make it like they're suffering or they're going to suffer too. So the two of you are suffering together. And would something like that make you feel better, Doug? Uh, no. No, <laughs> exactly. No. Exactly. So there you go for people who are watching or listening. These are some things to just keep in mind that I think we really have to look at our own behavior. Yeah. And it's a constant because it's a skill. So everybody's learning all of the time. And it's 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 those that want to get that balance. There are a lot of people out there that are so busy getting on with things, they don't even realize there's a necessity for that balance to handle people who are grieving. So, you know, and that's where I've found, I've found my, my true friends were the ones who had that sensitivity and that intuition and the ones that didn't peeled away. And, and I ended up so grateful that in my loss, I've really got the most amazing close circle of friends that were missing before I lost Jenny. There's the one gift of many. And I don't know if you're finding that as well, Doug, but it, it, it blows me each time it happens and that sensitivity from friends comes in. And I, sorry, carry on. I was just, I was just going to say that I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. You know, for me, 
my circle of friends has become very close, very, very small, actually. And, you know, I'm truly blessed to be able to extend that circle of friends to, you know, to be able to include the two of you where you're individuals that I know you understand and, and you, you know, you've, you've experienced grief in some way, shape or form as we all do on an individual basis, but it, it's really, it's reassuring, I guess, and very, very touching that we've been connected. And as a result of that connection, it's, it's also helped me in my healing journey, just to know that I have people like yourselves that I can always turn to when, when my day is maybe not going quite the way that I had hoped it would. And I always know that I can always, you know, knock on the door, give a call, send a message. And I know that you're going to be there. And that is what's so important nowadays. Yeah, so, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you, Doug. Yeah, wow. Amazing. And I want to share something that's been happening around here whilst we've been on this show, because I'm a great believe energy is neither created or destroyed it it i mean it's law it's a, a, a scientific law that it, it it recreates into new forms of itself and those of you know i've had many incidences in my loss but whilst we were sitting here doug on a spiritual level i don't know if you could hear it because i was muting myself it was so loud but right outside my window here was a bird a dove known as a morning dove, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, as in morning, as in having lost a, a, a loved one. And uh, it has a black, a black band around its neck because in Victorian times you used to wear black around your neck to show you were in mourning. So it's called a morning dove, and it's been sitting until about five minutes ago, right outside my window here, going. And I thought at the end I have to mention this, but he she has gone now. So there, there's something that for me it may not for you, but for me it was such a comfort when when synchronicities like that happened. I wanted to share that with you and if it's helpful take it if it isn't check it out thank you i definitely will take it <laughs> that's amazing janetta have you seen that morning dove before yes um you know uh, one particular one that just loves i've got a bird table and a, a seed feeder and uh we have um uh sunbirds here that uh come in there they're iridescent and they they feed from the sugar feeder. And the morning dove kind of goes around going, can I join you, crew? Because they're all different types of birds there. And it's always on the periphery going, I want to join you. I want to join you. And it doesn't quite get there because it's a little bit bigger than all the other birds. And 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 he's, he, she is there every single day since I've arrived here. So absolutely. And what I'm going to do now, Doug, is observe and listenly now that right here right here and usually it's on the other side of the house so i will i will see if anything comes of it and share it with you if you are so inspired i am i am 
It's fabulous. Doug, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to see this, where Jeanetta is in East Africa, but it's incredible when you can see outside of her windows what's going on there in the wildlife. It's, it's truly amazing, Jeanetta. Truly is, and and you're both very welcome to come and join us and visit us. Visitors are very welcome, especially ones that that uh, uh, really identify with all of this. Um, and we're we're in the middle of the Great Rift Valley, overlooking Lake Naivasha, which is full of hippopotamus, full of hippos, and 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 an almost extinct mountain called Mount Longanot. It's actually a crater. And uh, outside our, our bedroom window, even last night, I was was actually attending to a, a very, very ill dog. And as, as I was sitting with poor Shiso, he was cotching his heart out there with the hyenas right outside my window. Going, ooh, that's how they ooh. <laughs> it's like, ooh, hi. <laughs> so, so while so we're on this topic... I just I think it's it's important to also mention that many times, at least I found animals help us when we're grieving or when we feel sad or alone or isolated because they give us that unconditional love. Do you have any pets, Doug? Are there any in your future? <laughs> there are people that that wished that I had, uh, but I don't have, we had a purebred German Shepherd back in the 1980s and um, we uh, ended up having to have, have that particular animal uh, put to sleep because he ended up with cancer. So we never really, we talked a lot about getting a pet and I've, I've had uh, some of my neighbors who all seem to have small dogs in the neighborhood that I live in that they go for walks with their dog and they keep kind of poking me every so often to say, you know, look what you could be doing. You could get exercise and you get the love from the unconditional love from the, from your pet and you could do this and I'm just not ready yet. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. It, it does. So, but you're aware of it and you remember how you felt when you had your dog. And so at some point maybe Maybe that will be something, but maybe for now it's just seeing the neighbor's dog and petting the neighbor's dog and <laughs> and let them take care of dogs. Yeah. I had three dogs. They all passed away from cancer, and um, I decided I'm not getting any more pets because it's yeah. a huge responsibility, but it is nice to come home, and they're like, ah, they're happy to see you. Yeah. <laughs> So I can't believe we're actually at the end of the show because Jeanetta, your talking heads is coming up right after this. So Doug, how are you feeling after this episode uh, with us today? This has been very, very helpful. So thank you both so much for this opportunity. Uh, being able to, to share what I'm going through, what I'm experiencing is extremely therapeutic for me. Um, and it, when I get an opportunity like this with two wonderful people, it it's just all that much more. So thank you both once again from the bottom of my heart for this opportunity. Thank you, Doug. Would you please share with our audience who is not able to read the banner or they're listening on the radio how to contact you and who you would like to contact you? You know, I'm I'm pretty pretty much uh, open book, so 
if and if you're the sort of person that you're not sure whether I should reach out or not, reach out and and uh, reach out to me and and we can have that early conversation to to see how you know how I may be able to bring value to what it is you're dealing with. But you can reach me on my website at www.talentc.ca. So the word talent letter C on the end.ca. And there's a contact me button on the website that you can click on and, and just follow through from there. You can also send me an email message direct to my email, which is doug.lawrence, L-A-W-R-E-N-C-E, at talentc, so the word talent, letter C on the end, dot C-A, and I'll do my very utmost to get back to you as quickly as I possibly can. And the other place you can probably find me is if you go to uh, LinkedIn and search for my name. Uh, I'm fairly active on LinkedIn, so that's another great place to go and uh, and look me up and we'll go from there. Thank you, Doug. And that CA represents Canada, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. It's lovely to see oh. you and uh, and thank you for just being so vulnerable and yeah. and honest and, and real with us. And such thank an you honor and pleasure to have you on the show today because you're a shining example of how that pain is is manageable when shared and is manageable when you've got the skills so thank you for being here today and by the way whilst you were saying all your bits morning dove started again and as you finished he stopped <laughs> so it's amazing Amazing. All right. Thank you, Doug. And Janetta, we have to sign off as well. So I'm going to put up your banner if you can let people know how they can reach you. Oh, thank you. Uh, so if you're looking at how to start new conversations when you're feeling challenged, whether it's bereavement or, or, or any, any form of loss or challenge, please do chat to me because when you can deal with the conflicting conversations that are in you, and some of them are very unconscious, when you can deal with them in a loving way, consciously bring them up to the conscious consciousness and use skills and techniques to consciously embrace them, new conversations come out your mind from your wisdom and I have people sitting there going wow where did that come from and they're no longer distracted by that conflict internal conversation so if you'd like a slice of that please do contact me at the epiphany process which is uh, the epiphanyprocess.com and uh, Janetta at the epiphanyprocess.com j-e-n-e-t-t-a at the epiphanyprocess.com and if you'd like to get involved with World Jenny's Day, worldjennysday.com, uh, behind the scenes or actually perform if you're a performer, uh, contact me at worldjennysday.com or come and visit us and be with us for the day. I've had quite a number of people saying I've booked off the day. I'm going to be there for 
17 hours knows me, Dr. Jacqueline. And uh, yeah, so uh, whichever you'd like to do, or if all of the above you'd love to do, it would be an honor and pleasure to have you with me and with us as a team here on USA Global TV and Radio. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you very much, Janetta. And thank you very much, Doug. We are going to sign off for now, and then Janetta will be right back with her Talking Heads episode. So stay tuned for that. Bye, everyone.